Before we get started with this week's edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, let me let you know that it's brought to you by Draft, Draft.com. Fantasy sports fans, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on Draft are 80% better than on salary cap sites? That's why you need to try Draft. No more getting crushed by the pros. More than 1 million people have already downloaded Draft. Playing a real-life NBA, NFL, or for this podcast purpose, PGA Draft right now. Be done drafting in under five minutes and get paid out the day the tournament is done. The PGA version is great. You draft, you enjoy the four days, and you collect your money Sunday night. Drafts are filling every second so you can join them whenever you want. All new players, this is the catch. All new players, when they make their first deposit, get entry into a real money draft by using the promo code SD Sports. You gotta use the promo code SD Sports to get that free entry. That's right. Playing a real money draft for free by using the promo code SD Sports. But it gets even better. For some crazy reason you do not like draft, they are offering a hundred dollar money back guarantee. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now. But you have to use the promo code SD Sports. Void or prohibited must be 18 or older. See website for details. Offer must be redeemed within 14 days. Now, welcome to this week's edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. Play. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the always pressing PGA DFS podcast. This week, we are back to preview the Memorial Tournament, one of the classic tournaments, one of Jack's tournaments. It'll be a fun one this week with a loaded, loaded field. Uh, in order to break it down, as usual, I'll be joined by my two co-hosts. You can find Bucks on Twitter at BPSnow11. Bucks, how are we doing, man? Doing great. Happy Memorial Day to you guys. It's good to be here. Yep, good to be here and making this work. And uh, as always, the third member of this team, you can find him on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are we doing, man? Doing well. Glad to be here. Hey, shout out to Bucks going to the Thunderdome for the U.S. Open after that nice little win last week. Yep. Hell yeah, Bucks. Yeah, it was good. Justin Rose crushing it. He did. Yep. Yep. You've been nailing those uh, qualifiers lately. You got a big uh, summer, late summer coming your direction. <laughs> Some fun. Yeah. Yeah. I changed, I changed kind of what I was, um, not necessarily what I was doing, but what I was entering because I, I seemed to be crushing it from like a cash lineup standpoint. Like, six to six almost everywhere like every weekend but nothing that was just like going bananas and so i was cashing most weekends but um after looking at some of the stats on these qualifiers that same theory would would be winning some of it so i changed it up and started doing some more cues rather than the 444s and stuff like that um and so yeah it's worked out really well yeah, and that's a good point. It's something we talk about every once in a while, usually like in the preseason stuff is, you know, check the tournaments per week. I do it on baseball every day is, you know, I'll do different tournaments based on payouts because some days it's like a 19% payout. Other days it's, you know, 27% of the pockets paid out based on you know whatever they decided to do that day. And yeah. the fact, the little things you looked at there, I, uh, you sent us, uh, before you tweeted out, you sent me and Jesse 
your uh, winning score. And I kind of looked around and I'm like, see, you, you figured it out like you said, because in, in other tournaments, it's still cashing, but nothing what you got out of that Thunderdome yeah. bit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I, so. played, I played that same – I played that same – all three of my lineups, I believe, had six for six. But I played that same winning lineup in the 153 max, and I think it didn't even top ten. And so it's not like it did anything real special. So. Yeah, man, it's little things like that as uh, we keep – Keep doing this podcast. We can keep breaking down. And we'll, we've kind of once in a while get in our grooves and kind of forget the basics, but we can go back and, you know, we're here to help teach people stuff. So that's a very good point yep. when we break that stuff down is uh, you don't have to always enter, you know, the $4 or the $12 or whatever, whatever personal preference people have. You don't have to enter the same one every week. Um, let's recap the Fort Worth Invitational real quick. You mentioned Justin Rose got it done for you, and that was kind of the unanimous 10k plus guy we were all on it and you know we usually always kind of have a a feel for what each other likes but we never have like a strong feeling like that with justin rose we all really liked him last week uh buck since you you he led your way any thoughts on his ninth career pga tour victory yeah he was um i mean we we have these somewhat feelings most weeks about certain players and a couple times a year like really hit and this week it was kind of rose had been balling out for i mean he's been playing well 12 months now um he's been really really playing well ball striking driving it really well putter started heating up and so it's kind of like okay my opinion and i know jesse bubba you guys were kind of in the same thinking it would be for me one of two guys kind of was due to win that was scott or Rose. And so I tried to build almost all my lineups around those two guys. And Scott found it on, found it on Sunday, which didn't matter, but um, yeah, Rose just dominated. He played so well, kept his foot on that gas pedal. Um, He won that golf tournament. I mean, if you look at the couple guys right behind him shooting, what, 65, 63, 61, something like that. um, He, Guys were coming after him. He was just crushing it. Yeah. Any thoughts on uh, the Rose victory, Jesse? Yeah, I mean, he looked good. He was just uh, – he was in he was in sync. Everything was going good for him, especially on Sunday. I mean, he shoots 64 on Sunday. Brooks shoots 63 and just cuts into his lead, obviously, by one. Um, so, Brooks played out of his mind as well. But Rose had it all week, uh, 66, 64, 66, 64. Pretty – Effing good. I think he was one shot off of the uh, uh, the course record too. I think the course record is twenty one uh, under for the week, and he shot twenty, and he bogeyed the last hole. Yes, he bogeyed eighteen. Um, yeah, it's crazy because we we've been talking about Rose for a while because we all mentioned you know towards the end of last season between here and in Europe he was just dominating, and like you said, is we we were waiting for him to break through and do it, and I believe it shot him up to third in the world rankings, and he's just he's on fire right now. And we'll talk about him here in a little bit. But uh, another name you mentioned there, Jesse, and we'll go back to you on this one. Uh, Brooks played great. This is his second kind of real competitive action since the wrist injury. And we've seen wrist injuries mess with guys, but he took a little more time off than some thought, and maybe rightfully so. Uh, what are your thoughts on Brooks? Because now it's like everybody can't wait to see him defend his title in a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really excited to have him back playing good golf again. I'm kind of pissed off he's not playing this week because I would uh, – would be hammering him probably. But uh, one thing I did hear on the telecast on Sunday was that he keeps popping his wrist out of place. That's um, not good. 
Yeah. And uh, so I'm not really sure what that means. That's not good. Um, but since he's come back, you know, he, he's 42nd, 11th, 2nd. Um, so he's he's trending in the right direction, though. And he's going to, assuming that wrist stays healthy, he's going to be in contention for just about everything he plays, I think, here coming up. What are your thoughts on Brooks there, uh, Bucks? He played super impressive, man. Um, when you think of that golf course and kind of what it takes to, to win there, you had Rom um, in 2017 kind of like bomb and gouge, trying to just overpower the golf course. And um, I really didn't think that anybody was going to be able to do that this year again with the way that the rough was, how tight it was, that kind of thing. But um, Brooks did a little bit of both. He hit the ball extremely well. Uh, he, I mean, he murdered his driver all week, and accuracy was pretty damn good. Um, but he dialed it back where he needed to, He but he was super aggressive with his irons, um, and they were on fire. So um, I, I was a little – I mean, I'm a little surprised that he's not playing this week. Um, because of how good the field is and getting ready for the U.S. Open. But with the injury concerns, um, like Jesse said, with the wrist, it, it makes sense. I mean, for him just to take a week off, keep the wrist okay, he's still going to be playing. But the last place you want to go with a wrist injury is trying to hit balls out of the rough here at Muirfield. So um, probably a smart decision for him to skip a week. Yeah, definitely. It's a loaded field, so yeah, that'd be good, but uh, not a bad idea to take it easy and make sure you're 100% coming into the U.S. Open. Uh, Jesse, why don't you give us your fan share, um, you know, hindsight, kind of a little quick recap of the Fort Worth Invitational. Yeah, it was uh, from like a, uh, a talk kind of perspective. It was an interesting week just because uh, a lot of the guys who finished in the top six were actually, well, five out of the six guys were over 10% owned. But three out of the top ten, in, as far as ownership goes on average, missed the cut, um, including Zach Johnson, uh, Xander, who did a full Keegan, went from leading uh, at one point to missing the <laughs> cut. And then <laughs> Cantlay, uh, who was another another chalk darling. But, uh, I mean, overall, the, the chalk kind of hit. I mean, I, it, in what I wrote up for Fanshare, which they just posted, like, 15, 20 minutes ago, um, I talk, I looked back at a lot of their top 10 stuff uh, as far as the guys, the tags in the top 10 and then winners and, and how they ranked as far as tags go. So uh, hopefully, you know, you'll be able to get some information out of that. Nice. Uh, Buck, were there any kind of ownership things that caught your eye over the weekend? Um, not too many. I mean, because I was playing some pretty low – um, well, and entry events, but uh, I think for me though, when I looked at um, Rose's ownership uh, in in my event, it was like twelve percent. I was pretty shocked by that. Um, but then when you get down lower, you were looking at um, Na and Kirk and ZJ. Some of those ownerships really surprised me because I think with as many people that were on like Kirk and I get it that he was around a lot of solid talent, but he was super under owned in my opinion, um, especially at being a previous winner. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was one of those weeks where people gravitated to a couple guys and that didn't work out for most. And yeah. 
Jordan Speeth chalk week once again does not work out. Yeah. Yep. And ZJ Webb Simpson. I mean. Yeah, Webb. I was on Webb. Watney. Watney killed me. Yeah, and Watney. Watney Sixty-seven thousand over. My God. I still managed to cash with five of six, but it was it could have been so much better. When you have Andrew Putnam on your team, that really that really stinks. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he just he disappeared after round one too. But he was like two percent owned, so that was a killer. Uh, let's get into the memorial. Like I said earlier, it's a big, big, awesome field. Lots of history here. Jack's tournament. Um, Jesse, why don't you give us a little past event history of the memorial? Yeah, so we're in uh, Dublin, Ohio, uh, Muirfield Village Golf Club. Uh, it's the memorial presented by a shit ton of nationwide commercials. Uh, Dale Jr. will be on your screen a lot. Manning, uh, that one country singer who does the jingle thing. Um, but so past winners. Uh, this is this is an this was an odd list, especially the first three to me, anyways. Um, when I was looking over it earlier, uh, Duffner last year was the winner. Um, he he won by actually by three shots, and he almost led, I think, start to finish. I think he lost the lead in the third round, um, but he started really hot and then ended up finishing it off. Um, William McGirt, 2016 champion. David Lingmurth, 2015 champion. And then we get some more recognizable names. Hideki, Kucher, Tiger, uh, Stricker, Rose, Tiger, um, Tigers won it five times. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. yeah. Some, some say he might be good at golf. Um, <laughs> Bucks, why don't you give us a course preview of Muirfield? Yeah. Uh, and when we – right before I get into that, you mentioned Tiger winning five – he won three of these in a row from 99 yeah. to 01. That is insane. Yeah. <laughs> so – Tiger loves this place, and while it may may not suit his game right now, um, I, I don't necessarily think it's a uh, have-to-pound driver all day long, so it, it could work out well. But, yeah, Muirfield was uh, built in 74, so Jack and a little upper um, got together, and he wanted to bring a world-class golf course to – uh, his hometown. And so he found this parcel of land and really set out to create just an amazing experience. And uh, again, built in 1974, started holding tour events two years later. Um, so 1976, first tour event, Jack won his own tour event uh, in 1977. Um, but really, Muirfield is built with these rolling hills and these crazy undulations around the greens. Um, a lot of the greens seem like they're built up. A lot of that's natural. Um, and then you have some of these meandering streams that go all throughout the course. Um, and Jack does a really great job of using the natural elements and shaping these holes. Um, so when you watch this week, notice um, pretty much every hole is tree lined, shaped really well. But notice how many holes that the creek runs either uh, through the middle of a fairway somewhere or right down the side of a fairway. Um, it's pretty incredible to see how he was able to build this golf course. Um, but with that being said, it's 7,300 yards, par 72, so it's not a very long golf course. Um, 
all every single par five is under 570 yards. Um, so you have two that are super reachable, like 530 yards, a couple right around that 570 mark. Um, but both, if you hit the ball well, keep it in play, you'll be able to get there as well. Um, when you look at the hole-by-hole hole breakdown, you have uh, 10 par fours, four par fives, four par threes. The, the par threes, every single one of them is between 175 and 200 yards. Uh, last week, we saw pretty much the same thing. We had three par threes last week at 190 yards. Um, this week, we had two at 185 and then two at 200. So remember that when we talk about these stats and how important proximity is. Um, then you have par fours. You got 10 of them. You have five that are between 450 yards, four between 400 and 450, and then only one under 400 yards. Um, what's, what's pretty interesting about that is the birdie or better rate is pretty low overall for the par fours because they're pretty long. Um, but that one par four under uh, 400 yards is like 330 yards, 350 yards downhill. It has a birdie or better rate of like 27%. And so it's a good risk reward hole. Um, and when you guys see the pictures of it, you can go after the green, but you have a creek running right in front of it and it is a narrow creek. So you'll see some guys trying to play catch up. You'll see a lot of guys playing safe, but um, you have some birdie opportunities out there. And then you have the par fives, like I already mentioned, all of them are going to be reachable, some a little more than others. But when you look at the hole by hole breakdown of the threes, the fours, the fives, you're going to have 10 or 11 shots every round um, kind of in that 175 to 200 yard range. And so it's really important when you're considering 11 of your 18 approach shots, you're going to be in that range to focus on the guys that excel there. Um, but overall, this course, um, the, the big thing to note is how important driving accuracy is. Uh, when you look at the winners of this event, historically, the guys that keep it in play and hit a lot of greens are the guys that are winning this event. Uh, because Muirfield is gnarly when it comes to missing the fairway. It has some really, really thick rough. And if you do miss it, especially this week when you have some weather concerns, that rough is going to be just unbelievable. Yeah. So the guys that hit the fairway on Thursday, Friday are going to score lights out. The guys that miss the fairway are going to be struggling to make the cut for sure. Um, and then the last thing I'll note about the course, just because I think it's cool, um, because this is Jack's place, he watches like every single shot at this golf course in this golf tournament and basically makes a list of where things were uh, unfair, where things were super easy. And he literally tinkers with the golf course every single year after this event, which I think is cool. Typically you have like this set course, you're never changing it, but he has no problem tinkering and making it like extremely fair, extremely challenging all at the same time, which is why you see some scores go super low and some that are just like, just blow ups. Um, so it, it should be a really fun event. No, that's cool. I like that part about Jack. Uh, yeah. The way you describe Jack likes to use all the surroundings and that's kind of how some courses are out here that are Jack Nicholas course that we get to play. Um, they're not like um, 
like Pete Dye, where it's more of an illusion to you. But uh, yeah. definitely, definitely things come into play that if you screw around, you're going to get in a lot of trouble. So uh, good point on that. You mentioned the the weather could be interesting. What are you hearing about the weather so far? Yeah, so, I mean, every day has a chance of rain. Um, but Wednesday and Thursday have a really high probability of some, some wicked thunderstorms. Um, and so chances are they're going to get a couple. And those thunderstorms this time of year can drop inches of rain potentially in a very short amount of time. And if that happens, it makes the golf course, um, it's probably going to make the golf course unmaintainable for a day. And so the, the grounds crew are probably not going to be able to cut the rough. Um, they'll probably be able to get around the greens and make sure they're fine. But if, like I said, if they don't cut the rough on Wednesday, Thursday could just be ridiculous as far as scoring goes. You'll see some really, really high numbers and some really low numbers because it's playing softer. But Wednesday, Thursday, really high probability of thunderstorms. Friday is about 40% chance of thunderstorms. And then Saturday, Sunday, 25, 30%. But it's one of those things that this time of year, especially up there, it'll just pop up and bring them out for an hour or something. Well, it, it, it could be a little bit different this week just because there's a tropical storm that's actually creating all this. So it's moving a little so bit. Is it Alberto or whatever? Yeah. So it's it's like, it, like I'm seriously sitting here looking at the effects of it out my window as we speak. So it just moves straight north of me. And that's where you get Columbus. So, yeah, it'll be interesting because, like, like you said, man, if, if they aren't able to cut the rough, that stuff is gnarly. Yeah. Yep, sounds like a lot of fun. With that being said, with the course breakdown and everything Bucks just gave, Jesse, what key stats are you looking for this week? Yeah, I'm, I'm all over accuracy. I was looking back last last year at uh, Duffner's um, uh, week, and he hit – a lot of greens and regulations. He had a lot of fairways, um, and he scored really well on the par fives. He was 10 under for the week on par fives. So uh, those are my three main areas of focus this week as far as greens and regulation, driving accuracy, and then uh, par five scoring as well. What about you, Bucks? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the par fives, Jesse, because when you look at the the hole-by-hole breakdown, so the par threes um, give up birdies at a 12% clip. The par four is at a 14% clip, and then the par five is at a 40% clip. So yeah. uh, par five scoring is key, but it's the guys that are keeping it in play that are taking advantage of that. And so pretty damn similar to Jesse. My big ones, well, every week I got DK points, bogey avoidance, birdie or better in recent form. Uh, but this week, uh, big on driving accuracy, big on greens and regulation, um, and then, like I mentioned before, where potentially 10, 11, potentially 12 of your approach shots are coming from 175 to 200, uh, that proximity range uh, is going to be important to me as well. Yeah, no, it's pretty much accuracy. Uh, the proximity, the things I was reading from quotes from years past is most guys are saying you want to be driving it within like 270 to 290. So it gives you that 175 to 190 that you're talking about coming in. And um, I heard these greens are extremely fast, but if it rains, that could change everything. So yeah, sure. um, we'll have to keep an eye on that. And I could make it even more important, the scrambling ability. You mentioned yeah. wet rough and everything. So a lot of factors could change. Usually we have it pretty dialed in going into it, but with the goofy storm like you guys are talking about, this could be 
very interesting and, and could be. We haven't had to really worry about it too much. Uh, no, we haven't. Year. We've been lucky this year. The AM, PM things could come into play a little more so uh, this go around. For sure. But uh, yeah. so, yeah. yeah one thing up. to note. Yeah. Yeah, one, one quick thing, because I didn't mention it because I personally don't really care about it, but it is bent grass greens this week. Yeah, no, it's For good that you mentioned it because some people really do focus on that. Yeah. So definitely worth mentioning. Uh, before we get into DraftKings real quick, let me give you a little fan share recap. This is why uh, we, we like to mention them because their product is outstanding. Um, and the, the fan share sports, the pro factor you can get, you can go back on the history. And so looking back last year, going in to the Memorial, the top tagged players were Finau, John Ram, Matt Kuchar, Hideki Matsuyama, Dustin Johnson, Adam Scott, Ricky Fowler, Cantlay, Leishman, and Benny on. So kind of a lot of names you'd expect to hear up there. But when you look at um, performances, top DK scorers in that tournament, you had uh, Tony Finau, John Rom, Matt Kuchar, Matsuyama, Fowler, Scott, DJ, Leishman, Cantley, and on. So as you can tell, there was a little chalk hitting at the Memorial last weekend. But the thing I wanted to mention that was a little more important to me is a lot of times we talk about course history and recent form, which to me is always big when I'm looking at these. I know we all mention it quite a bit. Um, the top 10 DraftKings scorers in their last three tournaments played entering this tournament, Tiger Woods leads the field, averaging almost 68 DraftKings points per start. Uh, and then you got Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Justin Rose, Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, Luke List is seventh. Uh, Jordan Spieth, Henrik Stenson, and Bubba Watson. So pretty much a who's who's as you'd expect here. But uh, you can maybe if you're – we talked about on Wednesdays looking for, you know, projected ownership. You can look at something like this also as the, you know, current form guys if you have to differentiate between picks here and there as guys you can pivot to as well. Let's talk DraftKings. Let's talk 10K and above. You got DJ leading the way at 11-3, Jason Day, Roy McElroy, Justin Rose, and – uh, Justin Thomas Bucks, who are you liking at the 10K and above? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's interesting not seeing one single name here that I expected to see, but we'll talk about here him in a minute. But in this range, it's if you gave me a, a choice right now of like Dustin Johnson, Rory, or like Justin Rose. It's super hard for me, even though he won last week, not to pick Justin Rose. Because if you look at kind of the key stats we were looking at last week, accuracy, hitting a lot of greens, it's the same mold this week. And so a lot of those same guys last week that we were all over, I expect us to really be on again this week, even though the field is way stronger. Um, But that being said, I do like Justin Rose again this week. Um, Justin Thomas, I love this week. When I look at my uh, key stats, uh, Justin Thomas is top 10 in greens and regulation, proximity from 175 to 200, scrambling, tee to green, bogey avoidance. I mean, off the charts numbers. Uh, Same with Justin Rose. And then the one guy that I think – I may get a piece of this week, which is rare for me because I don't typically like to be up in these 10K range, this 10K range. Um, but I, I do like Dustin Johnson this week. Um, I think that he doesn't have to hit driver everywhere. He should be able to keep it in play. 
a little bit more. Um, but he is top 10 in points, avoidance, tee to green, greens and regulation, proximity. I mean, all of it. So the only one that he's not is fairways gained, but that's not surprising. So I think if uh, he keeps driver in the bag a little bit more than normal this week and keeps it in play, that he has a really solid chance. And I think, and you guys would, would know a little bit more, but I think that you'll see his ownership lower than a lot of these guys. Yeah, I, I can see him be low on for sure. Uh, Jesse, who are you liking up top here? Yeah, the Dustin, I mean, it's like pick your poison up here. Like I can see all these guys winning this tournament or, yeah. you know, missing the cut as well. Because um, with with most of these guys, they're, they've been kind of wonky off the tee. Like if you look at Day, he's not been very sure off the tee. Rory traditionally is is all over the place, especially if you watched him last week. I watched him drive uh, almost into a tree and then crush some woman's hand with his next shot. Uh, so, like Rory, he scares me for that reason. I think Rose is probably statistically speaking the best play out of the bunch. But like my gut plays would be JT and, and Dustin Johnson. Um, yeah, for me, it'll just be like following kind of projected ownership and trying to figure out who I think is going to be the least owned of the bunch. If I'm going to play one of these five in this range, um, just try to hop on him and hope that, you know, he does, he outperforms the other four. Uh, but it's, it's tough because this field is, is loaded. So it's very easy to just skip this region and go down, but you know, um, gun to my head, I'm gonna go JT and DJ. Yep. I'm with you guys on this, uh, gun to my head. I'm probably not taking anybody up here, but if we have to go there, um, I, I do like Justin, I do like Justin Thomas quite a bit. Um, you know, when you're in a group of five guys, I guess, and you're the cheapest guy, but you're the world number one, and you've been playing phenomenal. And right. you already mentioned the stats, uh, Buck, where he basically rates out phenomenally in all the key categories you're looking at for this field. Again, his driver can get wompy at any moment, but um, I think he, he fits really, really well here, so I don't mind him at all. And I kind of like the Rory idea just because he seemed when he gets into form, he goes on those streaks of like three or four tournaments and then he goes, you know, it all goes to hell again. So uh, you might want to re- uh, run the hot hand here at 10, eight. Then again, he could be disappointed. I didn't want to bring it up, but I will. When you lose to the goat Francisco Molinari, it really drains you quite a bit. So it could be devastating to Rory McIlroy, but um, I, I don't mind him this week. JT would be the guy I'd go to up top if I had to. Sorry. I, I had to throw that out there. Uh, no. I know. Let's go into the $9,000 range when you got – this is who I think Bucks was talking about, Jordan Spieth. Um, Yeah. You have uh, Mr. Ricky Fowler, Tiger Tiger Woods, Henrik Stenson, Hideki Matsuyama, and Mark Leishman. Uh, Definitely a great group of guys you could start with if you didn't go up top. Jesse, who you got in the nine Ks? Yeah, this is uh, where I'd really actually rather start my um, teams and probably grab – you know, two in this range and then, and then work down or whatever. But, you know, for me and probably everybody else, Stenson is a great play. Um, you know, he obviously can hit the the three wood down the middle. We've talked about this a thousand times. He strikes his irons. Can he bring any semblance of a putter? You know, that's the question uh, with him. So, and then next for me would be Leishman. Um, Jordan Spieth is interesting, but man, I mean, I just don't know how much more of like watching his shot tracker and missing you know, putts inside five feet I can take. Um, he's, he's hitting the ball very well, tee to green, um, but the putter's just still – it's still broke. I, I don't know. 
don't know what he's going to do to fix it or if he can, but I mean, obviously I think he, he probably can, but when is the question. Um, and if he's going to be chalky, I just would rather not have him because he's been chalk of the chalk the last two weeks. Well, let, let's just, let's just bring it up right now before Bucks breaks down his picks. What do you guys think his ownership is going to be? I wouldn't be shocked if we're 35% or more. That wouldn't surprise me either. I mean, at, at, at you know, 25 to 30% is probably a pretty good projection. It just, you know, it just depends. I mean, like, you know, everybody's still been hopping on him, even though he's been bad. Um, the last two weeks he's been, you know, the two highest. And obviously those are weaker fields, but at a significant discount, $2,000 less, I can see, you know, 25% plus. All right, Bucks, what do you got here? Yeah, I mean, I am avoiding Spieth. I am likely avoiding Matsuyama and Leishman. Um, and this is, like Jesse mentioned, this is going to be us and the rest of the entire planet. But Henrik Stenson would be my number one player. Um, he is top three over the last 24 rounds in fairways gained in greens and regulation gained and top five in proximity from 175 to 200. So he is uh, pretty much just off the charts for what I want on this golf course. Um, My next guy in this range I would pick is Tiger. And for a few reasons, one, (laughs) when you, when you rate driving accuracy as one of your, top stats this week tiger doesn't just pop off the charts he is 101st over the last 24 rounds in driving accuracy but a couple things one i think it's a less than driver course for him i don't think he's gonna have to hit driver everywhere two this is obviously a course that he is super comfortable on he loves coming here even when he came back and was struggling, he showed up here and hit the ball pretty well. Um, so I, I do like Tiger on this golf course. Um, it's really, really difficult to kind of predict outside of like Stenson and Spieth. It's really hard for me to kind of get a finger on where ownership's going to be for Tiger um, because people gravitate there um, because of the name. But you have him surrounded by elite, 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 elite talent. So uh, Stenson and Tiger are my two picks. I do like um, Ricky Fowler. What concerns me about him um, has been he's starting to drive the ball a little bit better, but he's missing a lot of greens still. Um, And so that bothers me with uh, Ricky. And his strokes gained around the green has not been stellar. So we'll see. I I, I mean – Stenson, Tiger, and then Ricky, top three. Yeah, I, I can see the, that very well. Speeth is just going to be crazy. I, I can't wait to see the ownership number there because, like you said, he keeps getting it, everybody going his direction. But, um, yeah, Stenson, that's the clear cut, as you guys said. I don't need to elaborate on that anymore. But uh, I do like Leishman quite a bit when you're talking about just like pure ball striker with accuracy. He's pretty much really good but not great in all the stuff we're looking to get done here. And he's played really well at this course his last three times here, T15, T11, and T5. Um, he's coming in in great form. I, I like Leishman quite a bit on this course of 9,000. But I, I think it's interesting just 
from the, the little discussion we've had on this $9,000 range and everybody's wanting to flock at say Stenson and Woods and maybe Leishman or heck Spieth even that 10 K and above might be super low owned. If you really think about it, because if you go into this nine K range and take one, if not two, it's hard to do anything else. And it's hard to get a 10 K and above in one of these nine K guys and get anything you can sleep well with. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Uh, let's go to the 8K range where it is not as uh, full as normal, but got about 10 guys to pick from. I'll run through mine real quick. Uh, Patty Reed at 8,900 bucks uh, took a, a little sabbatical and he's back, and I don't mind him at all at 8,900 bucks. The way he's playing before he left was pretty darn good, so I'll be back on track with him. But the ones I really like in this range, um, Bubba Watson at 8,700 bucks. We've talked about it time and time again. He is back. His accuracy is much, much better, and he has great, great history at this course. Uh, I do like him quite a bit. I want to be on Kucher, but I'm just worried about the last few weeks, but another course horse. But then Tony Fino at 81, I like a ton. Um, if he's accurate, he can destroy this course, I think. So Fino at 8,100 bucks. And Emiliano Grillo, you were on him all last week, Bucks. He played phenomenally. And he's had a great, great year, and he could be just, you know, finding that groove. He's made 16 of 16 cuts. He's two of two on cuts made here at 8,400 bucks. He's a cash game staple, in my opinion, and he could definitely be one of the favorites to win this thing. Um, so I'd be looking at Grillo and Fina for sure in this range, sprinkling in some Bubba Watson and maybe some Reed. What about you, Bucks? Yeah, I think for me, my top three guys are going to be in order: Grillo, Scott, and Patty Reed. Um, Grio is much like we've been talking about with Adam Scott and Justin Rose last week. Um, he's one of those guys that have, has been on fire and you just, you see him having to break through at some point in time in the near future. Um, this is one of those golf courses that really suit his game. He is, um, accurate off the tee, hits a lot of greens. Um, he, uh, is is really good around the green, and so Grio is probably going to be one of my staples this week. Um, really like him a lot. Adam Scott, that guy has been hitting the ball really well for the most part over the last month, and it really bothered me last week seeing him on Wednesday afternoon putting with both a short putter and his long putter. Um, and that obviously didn't help him any, but he started really turning it on late in the event. Um, so I'm probably going to go back to that. Well, knowing that his ownership probably should be down a little bit with him burning a lot of people last week. Um, so I love Adam Scott at that price. Um, and then Patty Reed has just been on fire. I mean, the guy's been playing really well, um, been driving the ball really well. Um, he's not going to have to hit driver everywhere. And when his irons get hot, he is just, he, he just throws darts. So I do like Patty Reed in this range as well. Nice. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, not on the Patty Reed train. Um, I do like Finau, Grio, Scott, Bubba. Um, one of the guys I'll probably you guys is, is Brandon Grace at 8,800. He's probably a, decent pivot off of he probably should be at least he should be the lowest owned in this whole entire bunch <clears throat> he has two miscuts here in 2014 and 2013 but uh fifth in his last start uh overseas last week at the bmw pga championship 
and third at the Byron Nelson um, before that. Uh, so he's, he's kind of popping on my model a little bit. Um, and another guy, I mean, that we didn't mention at 8,300, yep. the dude, Phil Mickelson, um, he hasn't missed a cut here at least since 2010. I don't know about before that. He did with, with he withdrew in 2012, but 22nd, 20th in his last two starts here. Um, and obviously just playing really good golf besides his miscut, the players. Um, so, I mean, he's interesting to me. And then Duffner too. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what to do with him. Um, his putter is so sketchy, but you know, he missed the cut last year coming into this event and then won. Um, so defending champ narrative and then coming off miscut, he should be decently low owned. So those are a couple pivots, like, you know, obviously Duffner off now if you want to do that. And then, Grace off of Reed and Leishman and, and probably Bubba and Adam in that same range. No, I like the pivot calls there. Let's go to the 7K range, which is loaded, but actually has a lot of really good picks to come off of here. And if you're paying up top, you're going to need to dig in here. So, Jesse, give us some of the 7K guys you're looking at. Yeah, it's uh, uh, once again, just pretty much every golfer is in the $7,000 range. Thanks, DraftKings. Um, Start at the top, Jason Hadley, been on, I think are, you know, very good plays. The dude, Kyrdek, Happy Barnrot, his uh, putter's just been straight fire. He did make the cut here in 2014 and finished uh, 62nd. Um, so I'll probably have some of him. Bryson at 7,700, I think, is a pretty low price on him. I know the field is a lot, a lot better, but he's a much better golfer. He didn't play that great last week, but I'll kind of throw that out. Kyle Stanley's interesting to me at 7,600. He kind of reminds me of Duffner as far as his ball striking goes. If the putter gets hot, I think he could really take this course uh, down. He did finish sixth here last year, and he has a third in uh, 2013. A um, couple more guys. Uh, I think that there's three in the $7,400 range who were chalky last week, but maybe won't be this week. And that's Cantlay, uh, Xander and Zach Johnson. Um, obviously they were chalky because they were playing well. And then once they missed the cut and burn a bunch of people, then you don't want to go back to them. So might be a good week to go back. Uh, Neiman is, I think, you know, a decent play at 7,300. Um, Keith Mitchell at 7,200. That's way too low on him. Um, hopefully he doesn't have to hit any drivers because we know that he doesn't hit them. Very straight, but uh, the Nick Watney man, seventy three hundred. Surely to hell he can bounce back, can he? <laughs> <laughs> you know. I love it. I love it. Uh, Bucks, what are you liking on the seven Ks? Um, yeah, there's a lot of really good talent here. Um, Chess and Hadley, I this dude has been playing really, really well over the last month. And um, I like the way his games that he is not elite when it comes to hitting fairways, but he is really good in kind of the proximity range. And then just overall, he's a good player. So I do like him. Bryson, love him again. Um, if he could just get that short game going, he could be in contention for sure. Uh, you guys know that, Benny on is one of my brand guys and I am not on him this week. Um, I think he's going to, uh, one, he has been struggling a little bit, but two, I just think, um, 
I don't know. I just don't like the way his game sets up for this golf course. So I'm avoiding Benny on this week. But that being said, a couple guys that I was on last week that I'm going to be on again this week, um, Hadwin, Chris Kirk, uh, Kevin Na, all of those guys I love again this week. They, they all set up really well. Kevin Na um, is top 10 in scrambling, proximity, top 15 in bogey avoidance, DK points. Um, one guy that I think is going to be – and what? let me know your thoughts on this, but I think Charles Howe III could be pretty low-owned in this range, um, and I really like the way he's been playing. His stats don't pop off the model like at all for me, but when you look at um, his finishes over the last uh, few rounds, few months, he's been playing really good golf. Um, and then I think that the last guy I'll mention, uh, and this is a kid that we've talked about before, but Joaquin Neiman yep. playing really, really good golf. Um, he has actually been striking the ball really well off the tee, keeping himself in position. So um, he is a ball striker, and this is a course where you need to kind of have that to, to go off. So uh, I, I really like him this week as well. Yeah, I like a lot of what you got. I like a lot of what you guys said. Hadley, uh, you, you hit it there. When it comes to proximity and approach, he's one of the best out there right now. Uh, DeChambeau, agree there. Kyle Stanley, we talked about it time and time again. When you're talking about courses with accuracy and approach, he is that guy. Like Jesse said, the putter is always the question, but he could be real nice in the 76 range. Um, when you dip down, I agree with the Neiman call as well at 73. Um, Nick Watney, interesting. Keegan Bradley at 72, I like a lot. He's uh, a guy that's been playing really, really well for us and is a cut-making machine of late. So I do like him. Uh, Rory Sabatini as well at 7,300 bucks. Nothing flashy but he gets it done time and time again. You mentioned Keith Mitchell. Um, Russell Knox for GPPs only, only, but he has that ability to go low and make it interesting for you. And the one that I, I, I'm in love with again this week for my third straight week, and eventually this is going to just bite me in the ass, but Bucks said his name, and this is one of my favorite guys this week. He will be in my core. I'm going back to the Kevin Na wagon. Once again, at 7600 bucks, he's striking it so, so well. And, yes, he can be tilting, and you watch him on TV. If he has a couple of bad holes, you're waiting for him to just snap. And the guy is – I've never – I've only met him by watching him play pebble, and even in a practice round he was an asshole. But when it comes to playing, he's as focused as it comes. So if he's playing well like he has been, I, I really like him at this level of 7600 bucks. Again – one of these days it'll kill me. I remember uh, last year I was on James Hahn over and over, and then boom, it destroyed me. But um, I'll ride, I'll ride the wave while I can and enjoy it. But there's a ton in the seven K range, um, and and a lot of great pivots. We didn't mention all of them easily. There's a ton we could go through here. Uh, let's go in the six K range where we have a few options to pick from here. Bucks, who you like in in the six K range? Yeah, there's a lot of interesting names down here. Um... A lot of names that in like a standard field you'd like actually consider, but in this one you probably won't. Um, but some some of the names uh, that I like, this is a guy that I was on last week, made the cut and did okay. Uh, and Bob, I know you've been on him this this year. Uh, Abraham Anser, sixty nine hundred bucks. He 
I liken him to your Flores cut making machine kind of guy. Um, but he's played some really good golf. And then, <laughs> I mean, seeing Gary Woodland at 6,900 bucks is just like pretty crazy. It's like a, if, if he doesn't look at DraftKings, he should. This is like a wake-up call. Like, <laughs> this is brutal, man. 1600 bucks um, for Gary Woodland is just insane. I think overall, when you look at him, I mean, he's top 25 last 24 rounds in greens and regulation proximity and fairways gains. So I think he's going to be super, super popular uh, if people venture down here. But any anybody in the 6K range is never going to be just like crazy, crazy chalk. So I do like Gary Wimbledon this week. Um, a guy that I, much like you and Nah, I'm a big Nah fan as well, but much like you and Nah, I'm going to continue to ride John Huff yep, yep. until he just, just flat out kills me. Um, his stats do not go off for this event, but he has been playing well, been finishing well, um, and it's just one of those guys that you have a gut feeling on and hope it pays off. Uh, and then the last guy that I'm going to mention down low, because there are a couple other names down here, but uh, Sean O'Hare, I was surprised to see him at $6,600. Um, typically, he's a guy that I would liken to being a decent ball striker, and that's kind of what you're looking for here. So... He's top 30 in greens, fairways, tee to green, DK points. Um, so as long as he can get his short game working, I think you're going to see Sean O'Hare kind of contending for like a top 25, something like that. Nice. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, there's a lot of names at 69. Um, I was just looking through those. Yeah. Um, none of them are hot in my model so far. I hadn't looked at them really, but like Ollie is there saying he played decently well last week. He's made a bunch of cuts in a row with this golf tournament. So those are interesting names. Um, Burns is another guy who uh, didn't play very well last week, but you know could have a bounce back this week. A couple of names that kind of pop for me. One is Cameron Davis. Um, he won last week on the web.com tour. Now what that means for this week, I don't know. But he's been hitting the ball very, very, very well. Uh, so he's interesting. He should be next to not even owned. Brian Gay is another guy at uh, 6,800. Um, he's coming off a 12th at the Byron uh, Byron Nelson, and he's just been hitting a lot of fairways. Uh, so he's interesting. And then Ted Potter Jr., I touted him a little bit last week. and He played well until uh, well, two of the four rounds. What? I said, yeah, that was a good call last week, man. Yeah, I mean, he finished 42nd last week. So he's figured it out since he won at Pebble and then missed five straight cuts. So um, he's interesting uh, for that reason. And another guy is way up my model, and I don't – you know, I guess it's just because maybe the senior tour is super easy to hit greens and driving and, and, and drive it in the fairway is Kenny Perry. I don't know if I'll play him at all, but, you know, his stats are pretty good. Um and he's had some some decent finishes on the senior tour. I mean, he's obviously getting up there, but Kentucky boy, so just give him a shout. And another guy, last last but not least, sixty six hundred, Robert Streb. Three straight made cuts here, um, 2016, 15, 14, uh, with two top twenties. So, I mean, he appears. This is the time of year. It seems like he just kind of comes back from the dead, 
um, and plays well during the summer. And then he just is not good any other time of the year. So keep your eye on him. Yeah, I like that uh, Ted Potter call. He's made four straight cuts since he started figuring things out, so I don't mind that at all. Johnny Huff is definitely a guy we can get behind. He's kind of a, a 6K favorite on this show. So he's got that ability to go to go really low if you need him to. Uh, the only other guy that wasn't mentioned that I would we kind of mentioned him, but Stewie Sink, 20 of 21 made cuts at this event. Definitely good when it comes to proximity and approach. So it could be a guy at 6,900 worth looking at. But you guys nailed a ton of them. And it's an interesting week because there's a lot of – you can almost make a case for at least half of these 6K guys, which most weeks we can't. So yeah, uh, you can definitely pivot around here and uh, mix and match pretty easily here. Yeah. All right. That wraps up the uh, DraftKings breakdown. Let's give a couple more in-depth plays, I guess. We'll talk about the punt plays. Bucks, who are you liking? Um, yeah, a couple of punt plays, obviously, John Huh. Um, but, I mean, when you look down low, I think Gary Woodland is one of those really high upside GPP plays. Um, and I, I don't see him being too heavily owned. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Huh and Woodland would be the two. And then, like I said before, uh, Sean O'Hare, I think, is a guy that has an opportunity here at this golf course. Nice. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, I would go with uh, Davis and then Streb if you're down here in this range. I mean, I'm going to try to avoid it as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if you're down here, those are the two guys that I'm targeting, large GPPs. Yeah, I'm looking at Hub and Sink would be the two I'd be looking at at starters. Uh, let's talk about the bus. Who are your busts this week, Bucks? That is a very good question. I think um, I think we're past the point where saying Spieth is a bust is <laughs> like some off-the-wall hot take. So uh, I'll avoid that Spieth. But um, I would say outside of Spieth, I think that Rory McIlroy is going to be my bust this week. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, with Jason Day. Um, just the driver for me is not there, so it's just his accuracy off the tee scares me. Yep, Jason Day is my bust as well. Um, I agree with you completely on that one. Bucks, what is your core for the week? Um, my core is. I'm going to be Grio, um, Stenton, Grio, Stenton, Tiger. Those three there will be in a lot of my lineups. And then uh, kind of that $7,600 range, nine, CH3. Nice. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, uh, I like I like JT quite a bit. Uh, Leishman and, and um, I like Kyle Stanley a lot too. I, I think he could be a sneaky low on play, so I'm, I'm digging on him. So those three. I like the Stanley call a lot. My core is going to be Grillo, uh, Finau, and Kevin Nog being the three main guys I'll be building around this week. All right, it. Bucks. The moment of truth. Who's your pick to win? Uh, I'll give you two. Stenson, I think, is just like a, the clear cut guy for me this week, but. I do think Grio has a chance to break through too. So one of those two guys for me. What about you, Jesse? Uh, man, this is this is a really tough call, but I'm gonna go with Justin Thomas wins this week. 
Yeah, no, this was a tough one compared to normal. Um, I like to pick JT every time I can, so I don't hate that at all. My guy would be Emiliano Grillo would be my pick to win this nice. week. I dig it. So that's I don't mind either one of those two. I, I mean, I think Grillo's on track to win, so. And I'm telling you, Kevin Na, whatever the top ten is, I don't mind it at all. Just throwing it out there. I think he's going to contend again this week. I'm confident. Very confident. All right. That wraps it up, gentlemen. Any final words, Bucks? Um, yeah, keep, keep a close eye on the weather, obviously. Like, like we said earlier, this is probably the first week in forever that weather is an actual concern. So keep a close eye on it. Follow um, at Always Pressing DFS. Uh, we'll provide some updates and send out the link to Wonderground. Um, that way you guys can follow along as well. But we'll give our thoughts throughout the week on Twitter. Awesome. Awesome. What are your final thoughts here, Jesse? I like the weather underground tout. It's the best site there is out there. Um, yeah. Keep an eye on the weather. Uh, keep an eye on fan share and good luck. Yep. Yep. It's going to be a fun one. I'm actually looking forward to this. I didn't get a chance to watch a lot this past weekend, but when there's fields like this, it's a lot of fun. And it's a great tournament, great course. So I'm looking forward to it. I hope the weather doesn't kind of put too much of a damper on it at all. But um, as Jesse or as Buck said, check out the Twitter handle at Always Press DFS. Bucks is on Twitter at BP Snow Eleven. Jesse at DFS Golf Gods, <laughs> and I am at Mediantric. Dubs in seven tonight, and they'll be in five versus the Cavs. Just throwing it out there. But um, Caps, Caps, about the Caps, go Caps. Oh yeah, go Caps, go for it. Hey, Vegas, Vegas beat the Sharks, so go ahead and beat Vegas. I don't care. But um, one one baby, one one. There you go. This was your the Memorial. DraftKings preview. Catch you guys next time.